Yeah, in yeah. A way. It's we like, have similar it's like that genes. Strawberry you blonde. look, you look a lot like my cousin. Really? My cousin Joshua. Yeah. Yeah. You got. And the award for the most random intro clip ever goes to that intro clip. Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Levi, and today on the podcast we have Fateh Invictus. I met this dude. Uh, the other night while I was DJing, and he, his band, uh, The Great Adventure, and that's spelled G-R-E-Y-T, was scheduled to play after I DJed. We started talking and honestly just hit it off. Really cool guy. I invited him over. To, I invited him over. Sorry, I'm fumbling over my words. I invited him over to the studio, and we had a great podcast. So I hope you enjoy it. As always, follow Graham Radio for everything music. Go to the Harry Blues link in my... God, I, I'm sorry. I can't talk. Go to the Harry Blues link in my bio, and the promo code is GRP for free shipping. Hit up Michael Germano for all of your graphic design needs, and listen to the post-game mixes. All right? I love you. Let's get into the pod. Hi, Fate. Hey. Hey, hey. How you doing? So, Fate, this is a cool... This is See, this is cool, because everyone who's ever done a live podcast with me has been like a friend of mine. You know what I mean? Like someone who I've known either in high school or college or just like after college, law school, mutual friends, whatever. Right. But you're the first live podcast that I've had because I do Zooms with people all around the world. Like uh, okay. if, if, you're a listener to, if you're a listener to the Graham Radio podcast, you're aware of the weight of silence out in Australia. You're aware of the free boys out in Arizona. But you're the first person who I've met who has come through to the studio. Like you're the first creative here that i don't know previously like we don't really know each other you know what i mean true yeah so fateh invictus is in the band called the great adventure or just great adventure the great adventure yeah and how and tell us how great is spelled it's spelled um g-r-e-y-t talk a little bit closer to the mic okay all right you can move the mic closer if you want so how did you come up with that name and uh, before you answer i want to say i was talking to uh what's his name zyle Isaiah. 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 Yeah. He told me that it was from a dream. Yeah. And the way that he was talking was like, whoa. So The Great Adventure, how did y'all come up with that name? Yeah. So it was it was actually his dream that he had. And um, the story behind it is so crazy. Like, even just the story that we met, how we met, which I'll, I'll get into later. But as far as the dream goes, if I'm remembering correctly, he was in this like kind of desert landscape and there was a bunch of people working on some sort of like kind of like a chain gang kind of thing like they were just working somewhere in the desert maybe finding like mineral gems or something like that and there's this person that was being carried by like i forget what it's called but you know what like they have those um what uh someone was being it's carried not like a chariot but um like in a bag not a bag, but like a big thing. Like it has like those those sticks, and it's like a little like. Are are more than one people carrying? Yeah, him? yeah, like four people, and then oh, like so four people have like are carrying a person, and the person is raised and in the middle of them. Yeah, like, it, is it what was he tied to it, or was it like on a chair being like victorious? A chair being victorious. Okay, so kind of like how a king travels throughout his land. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and um. And they were all watching this person, and Isaiah picks up a staff and throws it into the person and, like, kills them. And they all look at him, and they're like, now you're the king. Now you go up into that chair. And so he goes up into, like, that little throne, and it has, like, the little fabric and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he goes, he, he opens it up, and he sits in there, and he sees all this, like, weird, like, ancient hieroglyphs and stuff. 
and one of them was the word great spelled that way, G-R-E-Y-T. And how, how did he know what it was spelled? Because it, uh, it was in hieroglyphs. How did he know that it said great? Or did it, or did it literally say great? It like said, amongst the hieroglyphs? Yeah, exactly. Amongst the hieroglyphs it said okay. great. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. an incredible... Uh, well, wh- So how did it go from having that dream to deciding that that's the band's name? So originally he, if I'm uh, recalling the memory correct, he incorporated that into his stage name Alice the Great and then as we kind of all started coming together serendipitously he um kind of we're very inspired by the Grateful Dead I love that we kind of wanted to we wanted to touch upon that while still being true to ourselves you know we didn't want to just be like another like Grateful Dead cover band or something like that you know right there's a dime a dozen. You know, th- th- there is a dime of dozen um, Grateful Dead cover bands, but dude, some of them are so good. Do you know about Joe Russo's Almost Dead? No, dude. No. Joe Russo's Almost Dead is a Grateful Dead cover band. Like Joe Russo's Almost Dead. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. almost dead. And it's it's Joe Russo is the drummer, and there's a few other guys. Uh, actually, the bassist from Ween is the bassist for them. Interesting. And um, I think Scott Metzger is uh, like one of the guitarists. But dude. The keyboard player, this dude Marco Benevento. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> like I'll show that. I'll show you some of his stuff later. Or um, oh wait, we should. Oh my god, I should get my my little brother was supposed to be in here to um be like my like the Googler of the episode. Oh and yeah, 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 Jamie. Yeah, exactly, my Jamie. <laughs> I was about to say my Jamie, but I wasn't sure that sure if you know who that. Was. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. He might be here. I honestly don't know if he's here. I don't think he is. But dude, Marco Benevento. There's uh, so. Sometimes during their shows, they will uh, be playing a song and like so seemingly t- to the audience out of nowhere, everyone else will stop playing except for Marco. Mm-hmm. And obviously when there's like a guitar solo happening, like the drummer is keeping the beat and this and that, yeah. except for like, I mean, like I mean, Eruption by like Van Halen, he does his own thing the whole time. And there's right. other bands that do things like that, but out of nowhere. Everyone will just stop playing, completely fade out, and Marco will just have like a five minute just j- like solo on piano. Yeah, it, it's absolutely it, it is unbelievable. But yeah, like uh, and then uh, another great Grateful Dead cover band. Uh, have you heard of Unlimited Devotion? They're sort of local. They're they're around here. They they are sort of sort of local. But I, I I know what you mean by like just another Grateful Dead cover band. Like I know I know what you mean. And yeah. th- th- you can say the same thing for Fish cuz Fish also has a few Fish, cover bands. Yeah. Not as many as Grateful Dead, but yeah, so you guys didn't want to be another Grateful Dead cover band. Yeah, basically we wanted to be able to embody the music that we loved, you know, like the Grateful Dead, Pink Floyd, um for me personally James Brown, you know, all of these people that like we look we look back and they're like the greats of those eras, you know, for their respective genres while still being true to ourselves, while still like touching back on the past and still bringing it forward, you know, pertaining to this modern crowd. So like developing, developing it in your own way. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Kind of taking it in our own path is another way to say what you just said. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where we got like the great adventure from, and it wasn't even me, actually. But is it, well, yeah, the gr- great adventure. I mean, like, great Grateful Dead. Like, is, the, is that sort of an homage to the Grateful Dead, the fact that great is in there? In no? a sense. In a sense. Or is, did it just kind of come together like that? It kind of just came together. Okay. That okay. wasn't really our intention, but 
you know, like we said, like we love the Grateful Dead and we really, me personally, I, I just respect immensely what they do, you yeah. know, in terms of like the jam band and being able to really bring out like that freakness mm-hmm. into the world. Mm-hmm. You know, they were really like, in my opinion, like the freakiest people out there, you know, are, are we allowed to curse out here? Yeah. It, yeah. They're the freakiest motherfuckers out here. That's what, they, I, that's yes. what I wanted to say. They're fucking crazy, man. They're freaky. Yeah, I mean, they were the first people to really jam. I like every, and we've talked about this on the podcast before. Every type of music, every type of music goes back to like African American culture, Mm -hmm. except for jam bands. Like jam bands, like okay, you can look at like the insane solos that Jerry Garcia did, and be like, okay, like obviously that's goes back to like jazzy blues, like the the roots, roots, roots of that is like African American culture, but. Jam band, the 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 genre of of jam band. I was about to say that very French. The genre of jam band. genre. Le genre. Um, it's like all it's it's Jerry Garcia and Bob Weir. Like they fucking met up. It, there's a Netflix documentary that came out a few years ago. Uh, I think it's called The Other One with Bob Weir or something. And he talks about the um how him and Jerry met in like this guitar shop, and that's where it started. That right there is where it's like, and with the acid tests and stuff, yeah. like they would just jam and jam and jam. And then from, because there was nothing like that before. Right. Like there was awesome like rock and stuff. And then in the 70s, you know, you had Led Zeppelin, and which were just rock stars, like, like super rock stars. Yeah. And they would jam in their own way, but it wasn't like jazzy. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. you look at Jerry Garcia's soloing, and you look at Trey Anastasio's soloing, and it's like it's rock. Like when people tell me that, oh, Grateful Dead is so chill, it's like no, it's like yeah, like th- it's not that that it's not no because it's because it's no. like there's times where it's chill, but there's other times where they bring like this energy. Like I, I haven't seen them live like you have with Dead and Co, but. You know, just being a musician and being able to understand it's crazy. it. The the energy that comes out of them, yeah. like, as they're jamming, like, that's something that could probably power a city. Oh, so, my God, you know, yeah. Like, Dude, I, uh, so, um, my uh, ex-girlfriend now, when I was dating her, I, I had been dating her for about two months, right? And, like, you know, we, we sort of met through music and uh, she knew that I was super into the dead, and I knew that like she wasn't super into the dead. And one thing that I'm sure you can agree with me on is, you can't really like rape someone's ear with Grateful Dead music because they're just not gonna get it. It's just like you gotta like discover it for yourself. And you know, I played it for her a few times, and she was like, "Oh, this is good, whatever." Dead and Company announces their tour, and they announce that that they're coming to the BB and T Center right down the road. Oh wow! Ten minutes away. Right. Yeah. This is back in 2017, and immediately I purchase the most expensive in the pit tickets Fuck for yeah. me and her. Yeah, and it's like she, you know she had been she'd listened to it like a yeah. a few times. This is the Not one really. with uh, when he was they were touring with John Mayer. Dead and Company is with John Mayer. Like oh, okay. like Dead and Company is John Mayer. Um, uh, so it's John Mayer, 
and yeah. he's like lead guitar and singing. Right. And the three members of the Grateful Dead are, are um, Bob Weir, Mickey, uh, Mickey Hart, and Bill Kreutzmann. Okay. Who are yeah, uh, big, yeah, you know, the <laughs> Phil Lesh is also alive, but he's not part of Dead and Company. And then yeah. on the keys, is Phil G- Lesh is the bassist, right? Yes. Yeah. And he's doing his own thing. Yeah, he has Phil Lesh and friends, but he's also like he, he's had like uh, like a kidney. He, I think he had like a kidney replacement or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's you know he's kind of old, and. Uh, Jeff Trementi is on the keys, and Jeff Trementi ha- had been playing with Bob Weir in like Rat Dog forever, and he was also in uh, what was called The Dead with uh, Bob Weir and a few other guys back in like the early two thousands. Oh. And um, on bass is this dude Oteil Burbridge. They're actually all right here on there as as peanut characters. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's what this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so that's Ote- I mean, that's like peanut character, but yeah. that's Oteil Burbridge. Oh, okay, cool, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. So, I think I saw because I watched um, I watched one of their live streams a little bit. That's cool. Because uh, a neighbor of mine, an, an old friend, he actually moved out to Oregon a few few years ago. That's also cool. He he like, you know, he was in it. He's an old head, so he like watched Jerry Garcia play. You know, it was like had all the how all the gear and memorabilia and that the whole so, nine. You that know, that is so cool. That is so. Great. So he really put me on heavy because I was like. I saw that he like liked the dead, and I was like, "Oh, what's your favorite album of the Grateful Dead?" And he kind of looked at me. He's like, yeah. "Listen, bro, it's not about the albums; mm-hmm. it's about the live shows." Yep. And I was like, "I, I didn't know at the time." You I know, know, but I hate that answer because it's like I, it. it I, they make some good albums too. Okay. Well, well, yes, but that's not that's not why I hate that answer. Right. Like so many people get um, angry at like chicks for wearing like su- like sublime shirts and not yeah. knowing a single song and same thing with grateful dead but to me it's like you're wearing a cool grateful dead shirt you're spreading the love who cares and when someone asks you like if you if you were to ask me what my favorite grateful dead album is mm-hmm. i would say dick's picks volume 15 and okay. dick's picks volume 15 is a show from 1979 in new jersey but it's an album. yeah it's it, a live show but it's an album you know what i mean yeah. like I, I wouldn't say ugh yeah album yeah. what are you talking about <laughs> yeah it's like oh my god you mean live show like it's yeah, like yeah. dude like relax my guy um but when it comes to uh oh yeah so what i was saying with uh my ex-girlfriend so i knew she had listened to the dead a few times you know whatever it was she wasn't like in love with her or anything dude we're in the front row watching john mayer and the boys, and the boys playing Eyes of the World, dude. She turns to me and she's crying. It's like that good. She had the experience, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's. It was like that good. It was like that good. Yeah, yeah. And like we um or what, what was I talking about this? Um, yeah, Grateful Dead's just fucking awesome. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, like sort of to what your your friend is saying, um. It is about the live shows with Grateful Dead, but a lot of people say the same thing for Fish. Mm-hmm. But dude, the way that I got into Fish, and I've only been into Fish for like maybe two and a half, three years, is through the studio albums. And dude, I gave Fish a million chances with live shows. Because I mean, dude, like, uh, but before you leave, I'll show you a framed thing on the wall with like all of these Dead shows from like the 80s and like all these shows. Like, oh, fire. Yeah, it's, it, it's pretty cool, man. Um, so it's been around me my whole life. And then like, you know, because that's been around me, people, people have always talked about fish my whole life. Right. Cause they're kind of, they're pretty assimilated in terms of like the jam band. Yeah, exactly. Vibe. Exactly. It's like the Grateful Dead, uh, the Grateful Dead is church. Fish is the circus. 
it's like it's just two epic epic things mm-hmm. that's sort of derogatory towards fish but like that like it, amongst like the dead and fish heads that's sort of how it's said like if you're if you so if you see a dead show you're going to church but if you've seen fish you're going to the circus because it's just like Dude, the things that happen at a fish show are so crazy. And then you realize, and I've never seen fish live. I've I've only seen fish um, do like like repost live streams, and okay. and I've just like been with my friends and just like watching them and shit. Right, right. Um, so I uh, I love fish. Why am I talking about them? Oh yeah, my old boss actually at, at a firm that I used to work at. The way that we met each other was at a pigeons playing ping pong show, just uh, on a fluke. Like mm-hmm. I, I I just. Started talking to some dude, and he ended up being an attorney, and he ended up hiring me, and he sent me a few good Fish albums. Before that, I tried listening to Fish shows a million times, and mm-hmm. I just hated it. I just could not get into it. But then I listened to Rift by Fish, which is an album, okay. and I got obsessed with it. And then I listened to A Picture of Nectar by Fish and got obsessed with it. That sounds like a yeah, dope yeah, yeah. album. A Picture of Nectar? A Picture of Nectar. It is. It is such a cool name. It's so crazy. Here, dude, I'll, I'll, play, a, wow. I'll, I'll play a song from A Picture of Nectar right now. Yeah, it's man. like it, yeah. Send me some stuff too, because I've honestly never gotten into fish, dude. Uh, yeah, f- I'm gonna. But here, like, let's just like, I'm gonna play a song about fish right now. Sometimes we play songs in the pot. Cool, cool. Yeah. Um, a picture of Nick. I like how you say on the pod. Yeah, on the pod. Thanks, bro. <laughs> hey, so right here we listened to Cavern by Fish. It's off a picture of Nectar. Such a jam. It's awesome. Highly recommend it. Wow. That was amazing. That's what I'm saying. Dude, that's fish. Like, that is why I love fish. Dude, like, it's, there's just so many moments in songs by fish and Grateful Dead that are just so iconic that the whole crowd is just like, a picture of nectar. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, so good, man. Yeah, okay, so. <laughs> Bring, bringing it back down okay, bringing it, it back down dude how good was that song though I no mean, that, was fuck, amazing. Come on, man. that was amazing dude, and that's just one of the songs from a picture of nectar mm. like yeah um dude so how did the great adventure get started it, it's kind of a crazy crazy uh it's one of those very serendipitous things like I kind of recognize in my life, like, so much serendipity happens, like, just, like, these random alignments that just, like, link up, like, even just the way that we met, you know, just, like, a random show, like, you were playing, and, like, we just, like, felt each other's vibes, it was, like, boop, and we yeah, just, exactly, like, and we just started, we hit it off. Clicked into place, yeah. you know, and uh, basically that happened with, with Isaiah and I, I, um, I had first seen him at uh, this show that he was playing, he was doing, like, solo stuff, Okay. and... It it was an interesting event. It was it was down in like a warehouse in Miami. You know, it was it was a really cool, cool, cool vibe. And I saw him play, and I was like, "Damn, yo, this kid is a fucking amazing." You know, like he was like doing his like originals on like guitar, and he had a piano out, and I was like waiting for him to play piano because I play piano too. And I was like, "All right, like like you know, kind of like let's see what he's about. You know, let's see what he's got in his in his little back pocket, so to speak." And he pulled out this crazy fucking song, like that he had wrote and it was like absolute like space shit like this man like got this from like an asteroid that like fell and like hit him on the head type shit and i was like what the fuck is this so i came up to him after i was like dude that was amazing and i was like kind of telling him because i practice a lot of uh music theory and stuff just to kind of like understand the language a little bit better and i was telling him all this stuff i was like dude like the dissonance that you're playing with and all this that and the other 
and he was like, oh, you know, he, he seemed really appreciative, but he was kind of like, he was a little out there, like, you know, when you when you come off of a show, like, you always get, not always, but when you get those people that come up, it's like, oh, you know, thank you, but you're not really, like, fully there yet. You're amped up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you were just performing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like you're, you're, uh, I mean, I'm no scientist, but you're really excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, I, I kind of was, like, talking to him, and, I, and then I was like, oh, man, like, I, my first impression, I was like, yo, this kid's kind of an asshole. <laughs> like, really? Why? Because he was like, he, he was just so out there, so he wasn't really like fully present. He, he is pretty out there yeah. in like a cool way, though. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. like, what, uh, I spoke to him for maybe five minutes, and he told me a little bit about the story the, of the great adventure. Right. And if someone's telling you that story in the first five minutes of meeting them, that means that they are cool. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. But I feel like a, a, a lot of people try so hard to be out there, you know? But it, yeah. that's not him. Like, yeah. he's just genuinely a trippy dude. Yeah. In the yeah. best of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, like... So you came up to him after the show. Yeah, and I, I kind of... And he thought he was an asshole. Yeah, because I kind of thought, like... I kind of thought he was trying to portray, like, this sort of, like, image, you know? And he, he kind of opened up to me um, further down the line and was kind of like, yeah, like, that was, like, a phase in his life, you know? And I was also in a phase in my life, like... I, um, I've grown up doing yoga and stuff like that. So nice. I was like really, really deep into that. So I was like super like light body and I was like just very open and trying to be like, as like empathetic and compassionate and all this stuff. And he was kind of a little more reserved. Did, did he, um, I mean, I'm sure that, so at first he was reserved, but eventually did he sort of reciprocate that? Oh yeah. Nice. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, th this kid, like I, I view this, him as like, um, a soul brother is kind of a cliche term, but you know, I view myself as the sun and him as the moon. Like our our uh, relationship is is very deep and very karmic. Like we've known each other for millions and millions of lifetimes. Like I love that. You know, like it's just one of those things. Like we're different facets of each other. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's a, it's a crazy thing to experience in somebody else. But that was that was my first meeting of him, and I was just kind of like, oh, like all right, he plays really good, and I thought he was a little full of himself. Mm -hmm. flash forward a few months later i see him at uh um there's a farmer's market in hollywood called the yellow green farmer's market oh so at that time you guys didn't get each other's number no no okay. i had just talked to him and okay. i was just like oh you know he's he's a great musician but kind of full of himself that was, mm -hmm. that was my first impression okay and then um again flash forward a few months we meet up again and i see him and something's just telling me like you have to play with him like because i was looking for people to play like I was uh I was really into playing bass like that was like my main main instrument at the time and uh with bass like you can play by yourself but like really like when you really shine is like through the band cuz like your your brothers in rhythm with the drums and your brothers in harmony with with the rest of the music you know like the horns the piano the guitar and all of that so I was like all right I had kind of gotten like a little bit you know I was like all right like I'm good. I can jam now. So I was like, just always looking for people to play with. Right. And I, again, I knew that he was amazing, you know? So something in me was just like, you have to, you have to talk to him. You have to go there and just like break through that little, like, Oh, like he's kind of standoffish. Like just move past that, you know? So I, I did, I, I talked to him. I was and like, And by the hey, way, man. this is how long ago? This is when? This was about two years this ago. This was about two years ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This was, um, Towards the end of 2018. Okay, how old are you? I'm um, 20. You're 20? 20. 21, yeah. Okay, cool. 
yeah, yeah. So I was I was like eighteen at the time. Okay. Yeah, eighteen. It's a great time to find band members. Yeah. 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 And um he was just like I, I talked to him, I was like, Hey man, like let's jam, like I play bass. And he was like, Yo, no kidding, like I need a bassist for my band. And at the time I was like, Oh man, like I don't know if I'm ready for that, like you know, like that's like a responsibility and like a whole thing. Like I was just looking to like fuck around and jam or whatever, but I'm the type of person like I won't shy away from an opportunity. Like I uh I don't I view pressure as something to to break through, not to buckle under, you know, mm-hmm. like Yeah, it's an opportunity. Yeah, in an esoteric sense like, you know, this the universe doesn't give us opportunities that we aren't ready for. You know, it's only like our our doubt, our mind that tells us, "Oh, you're not ready for this." And even if you quote unquote fail at the opportunity it was still presented to you for a reason you were supposed to fail at that yeah learn a lesson yeah learn a lesson exactly Mm -hmm. exactly so i was super nervous but i was like fuck it let's do it you know and so we exchanged numbers at that time and then a few days later he hits me up he's like hey we have a show this friday and it was like sunday and i was like oh shit we have a show this friday and it's like sunday yeah yeah so like a few days a show and he's like I'm gonna come through and let's you know. You, Wait, you wh- where is coming? Stuff. Where is coming through? Is coming through to your place to jam? Yeah. yeah okay. My place to jam. Okay. Nice. I, I have like a little uh, little shed out my backyard. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, man. Nice, yeah. dude. You, you'll come through and see. You'll oh, I'm love so it. down. I'm you'll so down. Yeah. yeah, man. It's it's a it's a wacky place, man. It's fun. It's fun. Well, where, where is it? Where do you live? I live in Hollywood. I live in Hollywood. Live like in Hollywood? right, like right around um, the brewery. Uh-huh. I'm like five minutes Wait, the, from there. Oh, the coffee brewery? Yeah, yeah, the coffee nice. brewery. How sweet is that place, by the way? It's so cool, Dude, man. Eric? Eric. The man. Shout out to DPT Coffee. Yes, shout out to DPT Coffee. I'm, I'm not getting paid to say that. Yeah, neither am I. Yeah. I, I wish I was, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> He's cool, though, dude. Yeah. yeah. So you guys perform there a lot? Uh, Yeah, yeah. We want to start um turning it out like every week. Because uh-huh. like I said, I live right there. So it's like, why not? Yeah, it's perfect. And I've known them for like three, four years. Oh, no shit. You, like you've known Eric for three, four years? Yeah. Oh, yeah. How, how do you know him? Uh, through, uh, oddly enough, the Yellow Green Farmer's Market. They used to have a little stand out there and not little, like they has had like that, a booth. Has that warehouse space always been um, a performance location? Like no. a venue? No. That, how what new you is saw, that? That was the first like show show. Okay. And then a few weeks before that, we did like a little like kind of like test run where we just like got up and jammed, you know, nothing like But you've promo known Eric for a while. Yeah. Like through what? Through through the Yellow Green Farmer's Market. Oh, yeah. Sorry. No, no, uh, you're yeah, fine. Yeah, you're yeah, fine. Yeah. So um, what's the Yellow Green uh, Yellow Greens far- Farmer's Market? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's just a little farmer's market, man. It's just where a lot of uh, it's an energy vortex, bro. A lot of <laughs> freaky people. <laughs> A lot of freaky oh, no, people wait, come dude. through. You were like, yeah, you know, it's just like a normal farmer's market. It's like an energy vortex, bro. <laughs> it is. It is. No. Like, Wait, how though? Like, what do you mean by an energy vortex? Bro, that dichotomy was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's the paradox. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a farmer's market. It's an energy vortex. It's an energy vortex where you experience other forms of reality. <laughs> wait, wait, so why is it an energy vortex? I love that. Dude, so, I think that that's going to be my nickname from now on. Energy vortex. Yeah, yeah, call me the energy vortex. <laughs> okay. I like that. I yeah. like that. A lot of a lot of um like-minded people just find themselves connecting. Connecting there. Like I said, I met Isaiah. Well, I didn't meet him, but that's when that's where we really connected. Um I've met so many so many, like more than I can even remember. Just like 
genuine, genuine, really well, cool When I people. think farmer's market, I think some chick named uh, Sarah selling leather bracelets. Is that like... Is you know, Sarah's there. <laughs> Sarah's there. She's there. Okay. She's got her leather bracelets. Nice. There's uh, there's like, you know, local produce and shit like that. I'm going to... I'm actually... So, okay, so the reason that I'm saying like leather... The, I'm... I was at a Martha's. Or, or, I was in Martha's Vineyard at a farmers market, okay. and, the, and this lady named Sarah, named Sarah, <laughs> was selling Sarah's leather men's chokers. Like, whoa, yeah. So that you know, cool. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's, oh, it's not. <laughs> no, okay. It's like you know how girls wear chokers when they yeah. go out or whatever. Yeah, yeah. This is these are men's chokers that are made out of leather mm-hmm. and i put one on i was <laughs> just like that i took a picture it was fucking around but yeah dude so sarah's at the yellow green farmer's market yeah yeah she's there <laughs> wait what other kind of stuff is sold at the yellow at yellow green honestly so much different stuff like, yeah um me personally i am a crystal fanatic like i love 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 crystals why man. dude it goes deep really it goes deep i could i could talk about it for years probably well, like, well i mean i Oh, I see people with crystals, and I've never been into it myself, but yeah. I respect it because it's yeah. like it's something. I, I feel like it's very, very easy to shit on as well because oh, it's yeah. just like yo, like a nice rock. But I think that when someone is super into something, I try not to immediately say, "Oh, that's fucking stupid." Yeah, I, I, what I immediately say is, "I don't understand," and that's okay. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, I know, I, like, I get so that. why are crystals so great? What's so special about them? Um, for me personally, it's it's two twofold two. Twofold? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah twofold. twofold. Yeah. One part of it, which is, is the easier part to explain, is the aesthetic of it. Some of that stuff is so beautiful. And for me, it's like the natural stuff that comes out of the ground. Like, there's there's the people, like, if you come around here, like, nine times out of ten, most of the crystal shops around here will have some polished quartz points from Brazil, which are cool, you know, and it's good for people to kind of, like, oh, I don't really know about it. Let me spend $15 on this little thing, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And they get to see it, they put it in the room, whatever, they like it. For me, it's about the aesthetic of um, appreciation of nature. You know, there's something so beautiful about um, something that comes raw from the ground like that. Yeah. Like the aesthetic of it, even um, – in another sense, uh, the sacred geometrical structure of the crystal, which is what gives it that shape, you know, and being able to really appreciate its aesthetic. And there's a lot of um, really, it goes deep. Like there's people that spend like millions of dollars on like one crystal. No way. Yeah. That's got to be goes, a big crystal. It's not even about big. It's like if about. I, if I were spending a million dollars on a crystal, it better look like my speaker. <laughs> like, Yo. I mean, there's stuff. There's stuff like that. Oh yeah, I'm sure. And there's this huge, huge stuff like. Uh huh. Like um, as big as this house, probably. Yeah. 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 Bigger type shit. But um, it's also like I said, it's about the aesthetic. Like, there's stuff that like there's only like, ten of this in the world. Whoa. You know, so stuff like that, like really exclusive cool Dude, stuff. Honestly, man, I just feel I-, I would be afraid to spend good money on it at least at first because it's like I feel like that stuff is so easily like faked. You know, mm-hmm. it, I mean, how hard is it really to fake the creation of a crystal? You got to make sure that you're getting it from the right person. Right. Right. Yeah. So for me, it's a lot of. So, so OK, so so the first fo- wait, education. Yeah. Yeah. So when you understand the way 
crystals are formed in a sense like i mean i'm, I'm not i'm no fucking geologist or something like i can't tell you like oh this looks like this because of Wait, this this and wh- this what's it called what's it called when someone's an expert in rocks geologist or i don't uh, think mineral mineralogist hold on fuck let me okay i'm looking it up right now let's it, see let's see what comes up mineralogy no nah, because there's a word for it right oh i think it might it says geologist but i feel like there yeah. is something else though it's like a specific form of geology if if my guess is correct. Because geology is essentially like the study of the earth. I'm, I'm going with geologists. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I, literally, I looked up expert in rocks and then the Wikipedia for geologists came up. And then I looked up expert in rocks type of, type of scientist. And then Google literally just in bold letters says geologist. So <laughs> let's go with geologist. Okay. But I still feel like there's some other word that. Yeah. Oh, I might be thinking of the word for an expert in excavating a dinosaur bones. Oh, an archaeologist. A bot? No, a botanist. Oh yeah, no, that's, that's an archaeologist. Yeah, yeah. Archaeology. Uh, botanist is um, plants. Plants, yeah. Yeah, that's a yeah a bit of the reefer madness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, the first part of it is the aesthetic, mm-hmm. and and how it looks. So, what's the yeah. other part? The other part, and this is the part that's a little more harder to explain, is the esoteric value of it, the energy of the crystal that emanates from it, and a lot of that is. Um, your own belief, mm-hmm. you know, you have to, you have to believe it to see it, kind of thing. And for me, like I said, like I've been indoctrinated. Oh, you into have yoga. to! Wow, you have to believe it to see it, mm-hmm. As, and that's the other way. Because usually you say yeah, you have to see, see it, it to, believe to believe it. it. But I understand what you're saying, dude. That is, that's so. Yeah, I see what you're saying here. You have to believe it to see it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, for me, like. I'm a very sensitive person. You can attach like the word empathic or something like that, you know, like the whole new age thing. But for me personally, I try to like get away from those kinds of labels because people like internalize that stuff and bring it into their everyday life in a way that for me personally, like I feel like it's kind of forced. But wait, uh, what do you mean? Um, like, like let's let's use the example of like an empath. People be like, oh, I'm empathic. And then they go into a crowd and they're like super awkward and like, oh, like there's just so much energy. You know, I'm empathic. I can feel everybody. And I get that because like but, I get that and, sometimes. And th- that person in the crowd isn't afraid. That person in the crowd is just so happy to be there. Is that kind of what you're saying here? Not no. really. Like they're kind of like, they like close themselves off. Oh, they, oh, they get, because they, they're, they go they're so sensitive. Sort of okay. You know, and okay. I get that because like I can saying. do that too sometimes, but it's not because I'm empathic. It's just because like I that's just what I'm feeling in the moment. Okay. You know, I don't feel like being super, super extroverted or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. But there's, yeah, I mean, there's a time and a place, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I, I feel like people, it's kind of, it gets dogmatic after a certain point, this whole new age thing, you know, they're like, oh, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that. It's like, all right. But at the end of the day, like you're just yourself. So then how do crystals come into it? Crystals come into it by, my th- my reason of saying that was, um, people can get like well, okay a little, what like, what do what do you have to believe before you can see it basically you have to you have to believe that there's more than what meets the eye okay you know like we have our five senses but there's also a sixth sense your intuition and that's that's scientifically proven through your pineal gland through your pituitary gland your hypothalamus you know it's it's brain chemistry mm-hmm. these things are real yeah know? i've i've heard about this before how I, I think egyptians had 
an extremely large um, pineal pineal gland. Yeah, mm-hmm. they had a very very large one, which has your third eye. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's that's what's like commonly so referred to as your wh- third so eye. So when you are like when you have a when you have a crystal, yeah. does that um, I guess exaggerate it? Like, but like in a good way. Does, does that expand your uh, your belief in spirituality? In a sense, like it's not like you have to have a crystal to be spiritual or something like that. We're all innately spiritual. Everybody has a spirit. Mm -hmm. You know, there's this saying, um, we're not human... We're not human beings having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. Okay, I like that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, the phrase, phrase, believe it to see it, I feel like it could really easily be... um, Degr- like, I guess degraded is a bad word for it. Sorry, my vocabulary is gone today. That's all right. Yeah. So what I compare that to mm-hmm. is fate. And I believe, let's say that like, I think that another thing that another thing that you can say you have to believe it to see it is hardcore Christianity. Because yeah. it's like, if you are reading the Bible and you're like, I love this, I'm, uh, and you go to church every day and you're like, I love this, and it makes you a better person... Well, then good for you. Like, if you're a Bible thumper and you have the fear of God inside of you, I mean, it's not for everyone, but you believe it so you see the greatness in it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's like a lot of people would say, you're not acting logical. The things that happen in the Bible aren't real. Crystals are just rocks. You know what I mean? Totally. But if you have something like that to believe in, then, okay, if you have something like that to believe in, and then it makes you a better person, well, then that's awesome. Even if it's just based on fate, you know? Like, I mean, I, I think that it's also important to be realistic. Um, reincarnation. I I do believe in, in reincarnation. I think that... Yeah. This, I, I think that the spirits... Little, uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see that? The um, the, Buddha, the Buddhist stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, and do you, you want to know what's fucked up? I actually don't know exactly what that is. Um, it, it's like, and I hate saying that because I feel like one of those chicks who's just wearing a Grateful Dead shirt. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But it's it, an appreciation. It, but it's cool. It's an but it's cool. Like I, I appreciate it. I also think that it's just beautiful. I love it. It um, totally is. It's a piece of art. Exactly. And I feel like to touch up on that specifically, right? People just vibe too hard. You know, that's like the jazz term of like when like you're playing something and you think that. You, or uh, someone's playing something and you think that they're you're better than them and you kind of vibe on them. You're like, oh, you can only play that. Oh, you only know this much about this. It's like, let people have their own experience. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't need to know everything about, you know, the Grateful Dead to wear the t-shirt. You don't need to know everything about not. this specific deity to appreciate it. You know, you can have your own experience with that. There's there, and that experience can be as intense or or not intense as you want. Like my experience with that picture is, I think it's beautiful. I've done a good amount of meditation and yoga in my life, and I know that though that picture and what meditation and yoga are somehow connected. So I just feel like I, I look at that. I enjoy it. It reminds me of all the great times that I've had in my spiritual pursuits, and I love it. I think that it's a great addition to the room. I should get a little bit more knowledge on that. That actually at, at the bottom of that it says uh, I think the twelve. You know, I'll just grab it. Hold on. Sure. Uh. Okay, so at the bottom of this picture, it says, 
Buddha Sakyamuni, wait, Bu- Buddha Sakyamuni and the 16 great Ar- Arhats. Crazy. Can I see it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a good looking picture, huh? It's cool. Definitely going to be in the studio. Yeah, man. This yes. is beautiful. Thank you, man. And like they have like all these different little deities mm-hmm. around it. Yes. It looks like Chinese to me. I, I got to look at You know what, dude? Let me just Google it really quick. What is it again? Um, Buddha Sakyamuni. S-A-K-Y-A-M-U-N-I. And the... And the 16 great Arhats. H, I mean, uh, A-R-H-A-T-S. Okay, Buddha Sakyami. Oh, okay. 16 Arhats Buddhism. The 16 Arhats, or, or Neten Chadrug, are a group of legendary Arhats in Buddhism. The grouping of 16 Arhats was brought to China and later to Tibet from India. They're also well represented in Tibetan art. So is this maybe a Tibetan thing, or is it a Japanese... It might be a mix of like I think it's just a Buddhist thing. I don't I don't think it's right to say it's like well I mean it sounds like it's Jap- Japan and Tibet. Um, yeah, because the guy looked. Oh like wait, wait, wait this a, a little bit more. Um, in China, an expanded group of eighteen arhats became more popular, but worship of the sixteen arhats continues to the present day in Japan and Tibet. So it's Japan and Tibet. Oh okay. In Japan, sixteen arhats are arhats. <laughs> arhats. Are parti- wow, that was such a douchey. That was like our hops. <laughs> LOL. <It's> like <laughs> I'm just learning about this right now. In Japan, 16 arhats are particularly popular in Zen Buddhism, where they are treated as example of behavior. Oh. Cool. In Tibet, the 16 arhats are known as 16 svarirs, sv- which means elders are the subject of liturgical practice no- associated with the festival of Buddha's birth. Um, and then it goes through all of them. But the, the, like, I'm not going to read all of them. I'm not, I'm not going to read all of them because here, I'll read the first two. You ready? Sure. Pindora Bahadava Bindora Bara Daha Sonja Bahadora Sonom Le Kana. It's it, that's the whole. It, like, <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's not like English. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you get. You know, should I just go through all sixteen arhats? <laughs> and it, by the way, um, what I was just reading was the Sanskrit pronunciation, the Japanese pronunciation, and the Tibetan pronunciation. Oh, cool. That's so, actually uh, Fate is Sanskrit. Oh, yeah. What, yeah. Is, what does Fate mean? It's uh, victory in Sanskrit. It's victory in Sanskrit. And what about Invictus? Invictus is unconquerable in Latin. Whoa. So victory unconquerable. Yeah, yeah. Or I, I say uh, the unconquerable victory of compassion. Whoa. Why compassion? Um, because unconquerable victory is like super masculine and really intense. Yeah. And then so I threw of compassion at the end to kind of like so it's kind of so- it soften the blow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't want people to be like... Yo, who the fuck is this guy? You know, I feel like I'm the unconquerable victory. I feel like that's either the the greatest um, wrestler's name or the greatest porn star's name. A <laughs> little bit of both, man. A <laughs> little bit of both. <laughs> yeah, but then of compassion, it's like after the show, or like after after the wrestler is done, like doing a fucking body slam, it's like also of compassion, and he puts on some glasses and starts and starts reading a book. Uh, he's like he's reading like Catcher in the Rye or whatever. This is, this is my poetry. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever written a poem? Can you recite a poem right now? Oh wow. How about how about uh we look up 
the poem Invictus by William Ernest Henley. That's actually how I got the name. Some dude um, on the beach, on Hollywood Beach, random as fuck, just came to me and we were talking, we were hitting it off. He was an older dude. And I told him my name was Fateh and it's Victory. He's like, that reminds me of this poem, Invictus. And he recited the whole poem by memory. What? By memory. I mean, it's not a big poem, but just to be able to like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, have it out there like All that. Right, so this is Invictus by William Ernest Henley, written in 1875. <sighs> Hold on. Let me set the vibe. Set the vibe. It's, it's a beautiful poem. It's, it okay. like... It invokes this feeling in me where I'm like, I can do anything. All right. Out of the night that covers me, black. Here, wait, hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Do that. I'm going to turn you down. All right. This is some poetry reading. Out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole. I thank whatever gods may be. For my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeonings of chance, my head is bloody but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms the horror of the shade, and yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unfrayed. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments of the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Whoa. I love that. I feel like my mouth is so dry. I feel like you could look. (laughs) Yeah. That was like the whole time. <laughs> That's like all I heard. No, no, that was good. That was no, good. but dude, what's uh, what's your favorite line from this? Um, always, always in poems when they have like the little like rhyming couplets at the end, it always hits me. Mm-hmm. What what was the last two lines? I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. That that just hit me. Like I am the master of my fate. Mm-hmm. I am the captain of my soul. You know what that reminds me of? And it's such a stupid thing to remind me of. Have you ever watched uh, Seinfeld? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The way, we're way. Jewish, man. We are Jewish. We That's watch true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, last last name Mordechai. Yeah. My last yeah. name Weinstein. Your mom has the same last name as me, yeah. which is hilarious. Um, when they are all trying to not like masturbate, and they're saying like, "I'm the master of my domain." Like, the master <laughs> of my domain. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. So your mom's last name is Weinstein. Are you from Miami Beach? Yeah. Um. My family is from Connecticut. Oh uh, yeah, we're my, not, my we're, mom's we're family. Not. Okay, okay. My mom's family. Yeah. Who's your grandpa? My grandpa. Um, on my mom's side, his name is Morris Weinstein. Okay. Who's your Who's your grandma? My grandma. Um, her name was Florence Weinstein. Florence? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. We're probably like related somewhere up the line because we, we do also like have the same color hair yeah in yeah. A way. It's we like, have similar it's like that jeans strawberry you blonde. look you look a lot like my cousin really my cousin joshua yeah yeah you guys like i mean we all kind of look alike mm-hmm. like the, the three of us sometimes i look at some because i mean 
in reality, everyone's related. It's just that, like, how but, far back? How far back? How yeah. far back? And sometimes, okay, I, my two best friends are, um, well, I have a few best friends, but t- two of my best friends are Jared and Sean. Mm-hmm. And I look at Sean, I'm like, I mean, we're, pr- I mean, everyone's related. So, you know, like, we're at yeah. somewhere far back. But Jared and I are like, we must be closely related. We always get mistaken for brothers when we're anywhere. It's like, we're just two similar dudes. That's what happens with Isaiah and I. Really? Yeah, yeah. All the time. They're like, are you guys brothers? And after a certain point, we're just like, yep. Yep. Oh, brothers. I love that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so what about the drummer? Because I met, like, oh. I think that you guys uh, are, are using a new drummer now. Yeah, that was actually the first, uh, w- when you saw us, that was the first time we ever jammed together, the three of us. Really? Yeah. How, how did he, How did it go? How did it go with him? Dude, it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Like, there was there was moments where, you know, it was a little, like, patchy, in my opinion. Um, just, you know, I, I, I'm kind of a perfectionist, not kind of, I'm a perfectionist when yeah. it comes to music, like... I never give myself all of the satisfaction that I that I feel like I should. Good, good. Yeah, you know, because yeah, I, I, I know that, see, that even is, if I did um, my best, my absolute best, tomorrow I can be even better. Yeah. So I, I bring that forward, and within that, I, I still give myself that pleasure, that gratification, because um, I don't want to be like Michael Jordan, where you know he's like the greatest of all time or of the greatest of all time in basketball, but he tortured himself. He tortured himself to okay. get to that point, which part of that is amazing because, you know, he, he reached this level of human excellence that is the utmost echelon in his craft. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, to him, I feel basketball was an art form. Yeah. You know, he was able to have everything, all bases covered. You know, he could dribble, he could shoot, he could dunk, whatever he could pass. He got it all. You know, well, it's funny that you bring up Michael Jordan because I was literally going to compare what you just said to Michael Jordan. Yeah, because Michael Jordan never felt satisfied. He f- always felt like he can get better and better and better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then sort of uh, something that I thought of when you were talking about this. Uh, have you? Heard, do you know who David Goggins is? No. Okay, David Goggins is. He's been on the Joe Rogan Experience a few times. He wrote a book. He is an ex Navy SEAL, but twice in his life he reached over two hundred ninety pounds, like just out of fat. And twice in his life, he got down, like, from that. Yeah. And he has just calloused his mind by just going hard. Like, he stays hard. That's his whole thing. Hashtag stay hard. Yeah. And, or is it stay hard? It's something like that. I don't know. That sounds like a great hashtag for, like, a men's health thing. (laughs) Like, stay stay hard. hard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That would be a great commercial if David David Goggins was the rep for uh, Viagra. Yeah. Stay hard! Stay hard. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, because honestly, like, at the end of the day, like, erectile dysfunction... I think I'm again. I'm not a doctor. As as the okay as as, like, as Graham Radio's up. expert in erectile yes. dysfunction. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> <Sounds> like, <laughs> for the record, I've never had a problem getting hard, but it's testosterone. You know, you have to like really be that and like let that let that blood flow and really like get there. You know, to hashtag stay hard. Hashtag stay hard. And I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna pull out a line of like men's supplements. Okay, it's funny. It's funny that you say the phrase "pull out." That's sort of uh, (laughs) that's sort of spot on. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So anyway, David Goggins uh, hit one of the things that he talks about is what's called the forty percent rule. Have you ever heard of the forty percent rule? I think so. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, let me just tell you what it is anyway. So the forty percent rule is um, 
everyone stops at 40%. Like when you're running and you feel like you're tired, mm-hmm. it's you're really just at 40%. And you can keep going for a lot longer, like a lot longer. So the whole point of that, I mean, from a broad perspective, when you get tired, just keep going and you'll find more energy. And it's like yeah. that tied in with what you're saying about how like you can't be fully ever satisfied is just such a great like you put that together and that together and then it's like success as long as you have consistency consistency is key Dude, which is like the most important thing yeah yeah so how long have you been playing the bass for um about four years about four years okay yeah, so when i was musical, like 16 do you, any, do, you, do you play guitar as well um i've been learning guitar okay. but like i couldn't just like I know one song on guitar right now. Really? What is it? Um, what's the name of it? Uh, Baby, it's you by the Beatles. You wanna play Baby, it? Do you, you want to play it right now? It's you, la la la. Yeah, sure. I I kind of like. I'm not really that good at guitar, so like it takes me like That's okay. I'm not a really hiccup between the chord changes sometimes. But um, that's cool. Yeah. Be careful with this because I like, love that strap, man. You're in like a you're in like a very confined space. It's very easy to like accidentally go, whoa, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm pretty cognizant. Like I'm no I'm no stranger to uh like, like look to your look, look to your left, see all that. Look to, yeah, you're good. Just be careful. You got it? Yeah, I got it. Okay. Oh, dude, I totally just I, I, I just totally just saw your nut. You did? <laughs> yeah, I just saw one of your balls. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I say I'm not wearing underwear under my swim trunks. You have a, a tuner by any chance? A tuner? Oh yeah, it, I have one on my phone. Um, yeah, that works. Let's see. It might it might already be in tune. I'm I'm pretty sure it's uh, it should be very much in tune. It's, it's good enough. Um. Well, you, let's you, let, you might as well just yeah. And yeah, I do. Yeah, it's actually pretty. It might be perfectly in tune. Oh. It's perfectly in tune. Look at that. Thank you. Thank you. All right, let's see. Oh, this is I got you. I got yeah. you. Thank you.
awesome thank you that was amazing dude dude for if you're just starting playing guitar that's pretty fucking good yeah here i'll play a little something as well it's out might as well play it out man yeah yeah this is this is my audition tape for the great adventure (laughs) i'd like to be the rhythm guitarist (laughs) you need a rhythm guitarist all right let's see
Yeehaw. Fun shit, right? Yeah, man, that was awesome. That was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah, I was gonna say fire, awesome. but fire, fantastic. I don't awesome. like to. Uh, How about fucking awesome? <laughs> Fossum is fucking awesome. Fossum, I like Fossum. There we go. But yeah, I try not to um, say the same things over and over and over again, like fire. You know, like uh, like slang and stuff. Yeah, like like it, I try to keep th- it. Things come in and out of lexicons. You yeah. know. Yeah. Oh God! Wait, what is what does the word lexicon mean? So lexicon is your internal dictionary. Okay. Yeah, there's your, there's your lexicon, then there's your arsenal. So your lexicon mm. is just like your everything that you can say, all the words that you say. And by the way, you're a great you're great with words. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Um, you're great with and your arsenal is just like things that you can do. So. I think that your lexicon is part of your arsenal. Maybe people might disagree with that, okay. but your arsenal, like part of your arsenal, is playing this fucking guitar. You know Thank what I mean? Yeah. yeah, like it's it's just it's part of the things that you can do. Okay. Mm. Uh, all right. So, what's the vision for Great Adventure? Global domination. Well, do you have a plan for that? I can't speak too much about it. Okay. But okay. <laughs> what can you What can you tell the listeners? So, I mean, right now it's just about, you know, really, really um, honing in the sound, you know. We want to, we've been experimenting a lot, like like we just played, we're playing with a new drummer right now, and we have uh, we have our, well, I don't want to call him like our old drummer, because, you know, he's, he's a human being, he has his own experiences in life. Pedro is his name, he has a name. Yeah. Pedro's our other drummer. Um... If I do say so myself, we kill it, man. Like, I can attest to that. I saw you guys playing, thank you, and it was thank awesome. You. That yeah. was with that was with Ruby. That's that's his name. The dude that you saw, just to kind of with long hair. Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, really just being able to hone in our sound and kind of curate it to a sense. Like, I don't want to use the word perfect because, like I said, I'm already a perfectionist. So if I get into my brain that it needs to be perfect. I'll like just go insane mm-hmm. um which has happened a lot like especially like with recorded stuff like I just get like so into it because I listen to a lot of um Michael Jackson like specifically the stuff that he did with Quincy Jones and that to me is is like perfect in a sense perfect. like the way that well, g- give a few recommendations oh okay okay um Working Day and Night by Michael Jackson. This is one of like those like low key kind of songs in the terms of like not a lot of people know it. That song is crazy. Yep. It was the first uh first popular recorded song to have um they call it beatboxing, but it's not beatboxing. It's not like mm-hmm. he's doing like like more oh, like like oh, kind of like yeah, breathing. Yeah. Like I mean, I can't get the rhythm right now, but it's it's fire. And that song is it's goes you know it's got like a really 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 hard back driven beat um another one is can't help it that's one of my favorite 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 michael jackson songs okay yeah i haven't gotten super into michael jackson ever yeah yeah um and then a third a third um this isn't one with quincy jones i don't think but it's just another michael jackson song that i fucking love is uh butterflies by michael jackson do you think that uh, these Michael Jackson songs have any effect on how you play the bass? A hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I, I would go as far as to say that all music that I listen to affects the way that I play and the way that I perceive music on a conscious and deeper subconscious level. Right. You know, because 
it's all about for me finding those little nuggets like those little like gems in the rough you know of songs that like i'm like oh shit like mm-hmm. the way that this person just expressed himself this way is beautiful mm-hmm. and being able to kind of touch on that in my own playing right you know like it's almost like the more music I, that I, you I know listen I, to, I even think that sometimes yeah art is an expression of the self yeah but a lot of times it's not an expression of the self it's just an expression an, an expression yeah so i'll hear a song sometimes and i'll be like wow he's really expressed expressed himself in a good way at, if he's doing like a song about something that happened in his life but sometimes you're just expressing an idea so the way that that artist expressed is so cool just nothing after the word expressed it's just the way that that artist expressed is awesome yeah yeah dude so cool dude, yeah. so, and i feel like the um the better you can express something the more relatable it is to an audience like there's something uh, do you know about economy of words do you know how that works it no it sounds familiar though okay it's very uh self-identifying what it is mm-hmm. it sounds like exactly what it is the less words you say to convey exactly what you want to say is better because it is more understandable if you could yeah. you can say the word what's a good example of a sentence of this like I took, uh, okay, uh, Fateh and I went to the park and it was very fun versus Fateh and I went to the park and it was awesome. It's sort of a weird, uh, yeah, that's sort of a bad example, but I'm taking out the word very, the words very fun and replacing it with awesome. It's just like less words. There's, there's a, I'm an idiot. There's a better way of I explaining get it, though. this. I get it. Yeah. And if that that converted into music is the reason why artists uh so there's a story about the guitar player from metallica i honestly don't remember what his name is and his mentor would always and uh, him and his mentor would always be working on ways to do more with less and Mm. what that is is economy of playing the guitar economy of notes yeah beautiful thank you economy of notes which you would know a lot about and being able to do that, it just makes it more consumable to your audience. The simple, yeah. the simpler things are, the better. I yeah. mean, dude, look at how Apple markets everything. It's yeah. literally just a white box with a beautiful picture of a computer on it. Yeah, it doesn't say Apple MacBook Pro twenty seventeen. This is what you're getting. It's, it's literally simple. just yeah. It's it literally just like. It's also sort of like a, a throwing their dick on the table, like yeah, bitch, like we know yeah. exactly. What's or, up? Like yeah, bitch, you you know exactly what this is. We yeah. don't have to write it on the box. Yeah, you, you, yeah. Know, you know exactly what you're buying, motherfucker. Yeah, man. Apple's crazy with their marketing. So smart. Yeah. So yeah. that's what smart. I mean by crazy. Like they're just like, I mean, they probably put billions of dollars into their marketing. Yeah, you know? into the marketing research. Because yeah, like, that's that's what I meant. It's like. They convey so much in so little. I, I remember the first Apple commercials were literally just the the silhouettes, uh, like mm-hmm. the black silhouettes of people dancing with the, with the colored background, with right? the colored background, For the iPod, right? Yeah, I remember and that. the and the uh, the thing that really popped out was just the white iPod and the swinging headphones. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. And dude, that literally is art. That conveys so much because you know exactly what you're looking at. Yeah. And it's like... It's so simple. The The big thing with marketing is you want to be the solution you, right. to, to, a, to a problem that people have. Right. And the problem that people had before was... You had to lug around a gigantic CD player that didn't even fit in your pocket, 
plus yeah. a bunch of CDs. Or like a Walkman, even further back. Yeah. You know? Well, wait, wait. What was first? The Walkman Walk- or the CD? Walkman was the cassette tape. It was in the 80s, yeah, and the okay. CD player was okay. in the 90s, if yeah, I'm exactly. correctly. I mean, I was born in 2000, so what the mm-hmm. fuck do I know? What's but your birthday? 2000. February 29, 2000. Wow, dude. You I'm are a millennial leap day, so, baby. That's crazy, February 29th. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. You're also so close in birth to my little brother, Noah, who actually oh, no might kidding. be here. Yeah, he was born um, 2000, February 15th. Oh, wow. Yeah, We're two weeks apart. Really, really close Holy to each shit. It's my boy. Yeah, that is your boy. You know that you have lifetime globetrotter tickets do you know about this no you know what that's so crazy someone has told me this before like probably like 10 15 years ago yeah yeah you have lifetime globetrotter tickets Hmm. because you were born in the year 2000 whoa isn't that cool that's so weird i've never seen them you could you could for free go yeah let's ride once once covid is over yeah catch me catch me with the harlem globetrotters oh dude yes um yeah. how, how's you what? mind if i go to the bathroom oh dude yeah go right ahead here i'll cool, pause cool. i'll pause the pod oh awesome like sugar and spice so good i gotta move i'm gonna try to say that like james brown i got it you is that sort of oh wait fuck Ugh. come on equipment don't do this i you feel that? good i know you hear that yeah, yeah, the the buzz. Dude. Is it like the wires are crossed or some shit? I don't know. Could it have to? Do it? It's because we paused. Oh, what did you no, just do? Yeah, because. Oh, it's back. It's gone. It's back. Might be, might be like. Oh, it's the charger for the computer. Oh. What? It's probably because it's like uh, that like is static or something. That is so weird. That's never happened here before. Huh. I don't like that at all. Hey, shout out to all the postal workers. Here, wait, hold on a second. All right, whatever. How much com- how much life does my computer have? You want to try this water, by the way? I don't. Okay. Just because, like, your lips have been on it, you know? I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. Respect. I Like, I do want to try that, but, like, I'm, I'm just not going to. Dude, yeah. you know you know what's a water that I want to try? Liquid Death. Have you heard of it? No. Dude, it's literally called Liquid Death. It has, it's, I'm pretty sure it's also mountain water. Okay. And, yeah. It it just looks really cool, and what a great name for Liquid uh, Death. For Liquid Death, and it's been sponsoring a lot of like huge podcasts. They're, oh, like they're okay. getting gigantic. Oh wow! Yeah, Liquid Death, dude. So the vision of the Great Adventure is world domination. Yes, which I love. What, uh, so obviously this is a long term goal. Yeah. Like, what yeah. do you see happening in the next like five ten years of Great Adventure? Wow. Um, honestly, I mean, world domination is kind of like a joke. Like, yeah, you I sound like an evil villain. Yeah, in I don't. Dexter, I don't in wanna, Dexter's lab. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to genuinely dominate the world. That's that's a like, that sounds like uh, hyper masculinity to me. But don't you want to like dominate your own world? Oh yeah. yeah, I mean I already do. Yeah, I live I live in my own world. You mm-hmm. know, especially as an artist, like I feel like because I, I write poetry, I, I write my songs. You saw me do like my solo yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was awesome. Thank you, man. Thank you. Um, so most definitely dominate my own world. Or deeper than that, um, dominate the expression of my own world, you know, being able to bring 100% of myself out, you know, like, I try to be as open and as honest and as raw as I possibly can in any moment, at, at any given moment, you know, at any time, and kind of go with the, the with the waves of that, you know, there's more times where you're a little more reserved and you keep that to yourself a little bit, and there's times where you're super out there and expressive, yes. you know, and being honest with that. But 
and to answer your question, in five, ten years, I see us playing, you know, uh, around the world. Mm -hmm. That's really what I mean by by world domination in a more serious sense is like, just being able how to does, play. How, like, I just don't know much about this. Right. How does an artist, I mean, I have ideas about this, but how does an artist go from relatively unknown, like right now The Great Adventure has like five, 500 something followers yeah. on Instagram, not to hate, I also have. No, 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 I don't, I don't view it as hate. But like, how do you go from point A to point Z where you're literally traveling, traveling around the world? Yeah, man. A lot of it has to do with marketing. Yeah, I was about to and, say because it has—it's not just putting out great music. Like, a, yeah. putting out great music is essential. Yeah, but like, I mean, there's so many people that have great music now. Yeah, that like, are you on TikTok? No, no, no. You're not about that. No, it's a little. Well, there's there's a few things, but one of them is, um, in the terms of agreements of TikTok, they basically uh, say that they get access to all of the data on your phone, and. To me, that's a Whoa, little creepy. That's nuts. Like even like your text messages and or your camera or something like that. That's great. I didn't know about that. Yeah, yeah. Damn. That's why uh, the U.S. government banned TikTok on all government phones uh, earlier this year. Really? Oh, I thought that it was just because they uh, they they did that crazy thing with the rally for Trump. Did, did you did you hear about that? Do you remember that? No, I don't think so. Oh my god! So uh, these people on TikTok. So during the Trump campaign, right. maybe in September. So what? maybe a month-ish before the election, maybe even two months before the election, mm -hmm. there was a scheduled Trump rally in Alabama. And the fucking plan was that Trump was going to be outside talking to, like, to the people who come. It was during coronavirus, like, heavy coronavirus season. Hell yeah. So, and he wasn't expecting, like, a ton of people to show up. So this lady on TikTok had this idea, made a video, and it went viral. And this is what it was. Hey, everyone, I'm going to – and obviously the video is more entertaining than this. But hey, everyone, I'm going to make a Facebook group called Trump Rally Alabama August 30th uh, group on Facebook. And okay. everyone, I just need you to um, – oh, no, 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 no. That's not, <laughs> that's not what it was. Okay. There was a link that was distributed by the Trump's campaign that was like a uh, – like, reserve your spot. Like, reserve a ticket. It's free. You can just reserve a ticket. So she had a ton of people reserve a ticket mm -hmm. just on TikTok to make it look like there was going to be a ton of people there okay. to the Trump campaign people. Yeah. So Trump was, Trump was the Trump campaign was like, oh, my God, there's going to be a million people here. Or no, I think like, like 20,000 people here. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be 20,000 people here. We can't do this outside in this field. We need to rent out a stadium. So they rented out a stadium <laughs> and then like... Like I think like two and a half thousand people showed up, so the stadium was like completely empty. empty. And then yes. right after that, yeah. Trump was like, "We gotta, we gotta get rid of TikTok." Like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. But well, I'm not, uh, dude. What you're saying is crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like what you're saying is nuts. That um, I mean, and it makes sense too, because it's like the Chinese have all of our information. But already, it's like, dude. Honestly, already. man, like I mean, Google sell Google and Facebook sell China. I don't know about specifically like Americans' data, but they sell them crazy amounts of data and they buy crazy amounts of data from china as well it's mm -hmm. like this like uh yeah but like a trade dude, data. here's my thing with it dude yeah it's like i don't really consider myself to be like a super private person like mm -hmm. i have a podcast where i literally talk to people and just like hang out yeah you put yourself out i there. put myself out there i also like don't murder people and <laughs> you don't have, i don't okay cool, yeah actually cool. th this hasn't even been recording i've just been slowly pumping gas and through the air vents 
I hope that you're going to pass out. <laughs> we got just like a people come out like through the closet. Like, we got him. <laughs> we got him. So, uh, yeah, you wake up with like, without like, a, with, with no kidney or some shit. Oh my, like a weird scar. Yeah. I'm just like, what the fuck? Dude, you wake up and it's you're like, like three like, months and in the future. It's like three it's, months. It's March right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? You're in like Saudi Arabia, but you don't know where you are. You're, you're in just like a tile bathroom. Oh my god, dude! Imagine chained that. up on some like saw shit. Yeah, you wow. wake up. You're in like a tile bathroom. You hear like footsteps, and you see me walk in. I, I peek in, and, and I'm like, "Oh, is that? Yeah, that's like the the dripping of the. Yeah, we keep doing that. Keep doing that. And you hear footsteps, and the door creeps open. <laughs> And my face pops in. I'm surprised. What? Hey, he's awake. Oh, shit. I shut the door. I turn off the lights. You're slow. You're opening your eyes. What's going on here? All of a sudden, the door opens again. Oh, my God. It's me. Oh, fuck. And some masked associates. (laughs) We inject you with something. And the lights go out. What the fuck? You wake up ten years later. <sighs> what the fuck happened? <sighs> oh, I feel weird. I feel like I just slept for like my there's, whole life. There's an itching on your on your stomach. You're, what is that? Is that is that is that my is that me is that my beard? What the what? What year is it? You hear nothing. The light is dim. It's twilight. The sun is about to go uh, to go down. <laughs> and you wake up and you're on this podcast. <laughs> Welcome back. It's good to be back. Yeah. I don't remember anything. Yeah, I know. What's my name? Your name? We don't do names now. We just do numbers, and you're number sixty-nine. Hey, <laughs> yo, yo, <laughs> <laughs> yes. That went all over the place. That was fun. I like it. I like it. <laughs> By the way, it's two forty-seven. Just two forty-seven. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 no, yeah. We chilling. got some time. We got some time. Yeah, yeah. Got like a half hour, dude. I'm really happy that we got that on Tom tape. Cool, cool. <laughs> Me too. Me that too. was like you can make a whole movie about that. Yeah. Do you ever feel yeah. like sometimes just writers for movies just get like super high and just write like all the fucking time? Just like, okay. Dude, um, Joe Rogan talks about when he was on the sitcom news, Newsroom, News, Newsroom, Case News, I don't know, News Singer, News, I try to avoid. News Radio. Okay. Yeah. And apparently the writers for that would just stay up all night and just not sleep. I, I guess it's kind of redundant. And they would stumble into the studio, no shoes, just messed up hair, and Mm. they would have, like, amazing stuff because they got high off of just being awake. Yeah, it happens. That's that's how I make the best – my best music or, like, my best musical ideas happen at, like, 4 a.m. Uh-huh. When I'm just, like, delirious and just, like, what the fuck? I'm just, like, noodling on piano and, like, something clicks. I'm like, oh, shit. Uh Uh-huh. What was that? Play it again. I'm like, oh, my God. This is amazing. Dude, Salvador Dali – Used to. That's uh, my boy. We have the same Chinese zodiac. Whoa. The dragon. Hey, that's cool. Have you been to the Delhi Museum in St. Pete? Go so bad. It's so cool. I went like I've been twice, and it's just like 
It's really, really, really cool. Dude, I mean, I'm, I'm moving to Tampa. Like, if well, I'm sure that The Great Adventure will do a show in Tampa. We got to go yeah. to, we'll go to that, we'll go to the to the Dali Museum. Yeah, man, I would love that. That'd be sweet. That'd be, that'd be really sweet. That Yeah, that'd be really sweet. Um, What else, what else? Uh, I was about to say something about Dali. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dali would sit in a chair. He would sit in a chair and he would hold a silver platter in the chair. And on the silver platter... <clears throat> Excuse me. On the silver pl- on the silver platter was a metal ball or a marble, and he would just sit in the chair like this, and just after a while he would start to doze off, and then when he would kind of fall asleep, metal the metal ball would hit mm-hmm. the floor and it would wake him up, and he would draw whatever he was just dreaming. Whoa! Yeah, that's so crazy. Yeah, it's a. It- I have I have like really really intense lucid dreams at times. And I've been practicing, like, memorizing my dreams. That's hard. It's hard. Did you have it's a dream? Did, did you dream last night? I did. What was I actually, the dream? I actually had a wet dream last night. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. No way. Yeah. Did you finish? Yeah. Really? I woke up. Like, and in I was... your dream, you, you jizzed while you were asleep? Yeah. Well, I've I've never I've never done that before. It's kind of weird. I personally is, I don't kinda, I don't yeah. really enjoy it too much. Well, yeah, I, I would imagine that you... I'm just kind of yeah. like, what the fuck? Yeah. But yeah, I had a wet dream last night. That's nuts. Uh, what was in the dream? It was really strange. It was really strange. So I'm going to preface this with, um, I'm not very attracted to older women, but that was in my dream. It was this older lady that kind of, um, it was interesting because it felt like I was kind of like a, like a juggalo, like doing like this service for her okay, or something, which I've, I've never done <laughs> either. But um, it was, yeah, it was really interesting. From what I remember... We were at like this party, and I was actually at a party last night, but there was no older women there. Right. Um, was it the same party? Yeah, it was, it was like a okay. similar, similar like scenery. Like for me, like my dreams are kind of very vague, so I can like imagine that it was the same scenery, but it was probably a little bit different, but reminiscent of that. Um, and she's like talking to me, and we we agree that like we're going to do this sexual act, and. She like invites me to her apartment and like we're walking up there and we go up to like her little apartment and I'm in her uh in her apartment and it's really beautiful and like really comfortable from what I remember um kind of warm like a lot of like wood and like warm lighting and stuff and I don't remember exactly what we I'm into did. it this sounds nice yeah I don't remember yeah. exactly what we did but I remember the feeling of kissing her Ooh. and and touching her nipple nice big or small nips big whoa big yeah okay it was interesting some pancake nips yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and then yeah she did some sort of sexual act i don't remember exactly what it was mm-hmm. and then i just remember like ejaculating like crazy like ah! a fire hose like, <laughs> like everywhere and i was just like yo what the hell i'm, I'm, I'm up okay i'm up yeah <laughs> well so how does that work like when you have a wet dream and you ejaculate, do you wake up like after, like because you're all sticky, uh, like immediately after? Or... Most of the time, yeah. Really? Well, actually, the funny part was is that like I like everywhere, and then <laughs> and then I was kind of like, all right, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And the dream continued a little bit. Sometimes, like I'll like ejaculate and I'll wake up immediately and I'll be like, oh shit, I checked my pants. I'm like, fuck, you know, it's nutted everywhere. I gotta clean clean up. <laughs> but um. This time, actually, Isaiah pulled up in my dream, and he was like, yo, like, let's go, man. We got to go wait, play. Wait, wait, wait. Was this after you ejaculated? Yeah. 
Okay. And then, yeah. <laughs> okay. And then, like, I kind of, like, put my pants back on, so right. to speak. I mean, I don't remember that, but, like, I was clothed again. Yeah. And then he's like, yo, like, we have a show. Like, let's go. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. He's like, oh, yeah. Also, it's, like, an open mic. Like, I got you, like, a little spot for your solo stuff. And I was like, oh, dope. That's cool. And then I woke up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you clean yourself off. Yeah. Were you like, fuck? Yeah, I, I don't, like, <laughs> I, I practice semen retention, so. What's semen retention? Um, I don't ejaculate a lot. Like, what, what oftentimes, does that mean? um, people, like, ejaculate, like, men ejaculate, like, almost every day. Right. You know, it's kind of like a ritual, like, they either masturbate or they have sex or something like that. Sure. Um, I, I hold in my semen as much as I possibly can. Okay. You know, I'm only 20, so there's a lot. You know, we got we got a lot as as so like, people what, in our twenties. Okay, how many times are you uh, jerking off a week? I don't jerk off. You don't jerk off no. at all. At all. Wow. No. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. That's I don't. Crazy. I don't that, enjoy it of, anymore. That's you don't enjoy jerking off anymore. No. no. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're the first. That's very. Uh, that's a very mature thing. It's like because it is a it is a need and desire that men ha- that like men have to like jerk off and ejaculate or really just to ejaculate I say jerk off but yeah. just to like release that you yeah. know like that that is sort of like a difference between men and women because men it's like you need it you yeah. know what i mean but really that might just be like what society tricks you into mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah man it takes it takes so what do you uh, think that does for you it takes 20 drops of blood to create one drop of semen and you ejaculate. Wait, what does that mean? Like 20, like the, the, um... so your, your, your blood is essentially like the nutrients of your blood, like the iron and the vitamins and minerals in your blood is what creates the semen. Okay. You know, like your semen is like literally life force energy. So when you ejaculate, you expel all of that life force energy and um before i practiced semen retention i was jerking off like every day like that was that was my ritual you know right. look at pornography or, or something of that sort which is so bad for you oh yeah like it really is bad for you because it's like it is like instant gratification with no work yeah. And then that can bleed into your everyday life where you just like stop working hard and expect gratification. Yeah, it's it's an intense dopamine fix. It's all dopamine. That's I love it's that. Intense, I love you, man. man. That is something that we w have talked too. about on the nice. There's something that we have talked about on the podcast a lot, which is dopamine versus serotonin and just why mm. serotonin is so much better. Like yeah. it's because you worked for it. Yeah. Like, I to, mean, like it's there, you know. No, don't, they're both important, yeah. but it's like you can't just live your life with on dopamine, d- on dopamine fixes. Yeah. It's silly and it's um it's elementary. Especially when it comes to like drugs and stuff like that, like there's so much um dopamine associated with like smoking marijuana or, you know, doing something like that. And for me personally, like that's why I try to like stay away from that stuff um for the most part, you know, like I'll always like it's a feeling for me, so if I feel like doing it, I'm going to do it. But when I don't feel like doing it, it's a lot of the time it's like the dopamine, like or like, or like the habit of just getting that quick dopamine fix. Mm-hmm. That's that's why I don't masturbate anymore, mm-hmm. um, because I try to uh, sort of starve myself you, or, from or like use the energy in a different way. Exactly. Like if you can um, expel that energy in a creative pursuit then you just get better and better and better and better at it 100 you know what i mean 100 nikola tesla he uh, who uh, was he has a billion patents to his name a billion yeah, yeah he's insane hashtag free energy he had what's that that's my phone is that your phone okay i don't know where my
Oh, it's right there. It's in there. Do you want me to grab, you want me uh, grab that? Yeah, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, sure. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. It's a great ringtone. Thank you. Oh, it's my brother. We're chilling. Oh. Uh, what a ringtone that is, man. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're one of those people with a super cracked phone case? Come on, bro. What yeah, are you doing? I, um, what are you doing? I was rollerblading. That's cool. One of the first times. Um, actually, while I was working. Um, not this job. I was, like, canvassing for voter registration for Joe Biden. Okay. And it was, like, this super bureaucratic job. And personally, like... I don't give a fuck about any of that stuff. So we finesse the system. Mm-hmm. And I already got fired and they know. So what's up? What's up, Joe Biden? <laughs> what's up, Joe? <laughs> yeah. You got the presidency Wait, anyways. so how are you rollerblading during that job? Did you just put on rollerblades? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you got fired? No. no. Why did you get fired? I worked. Is your brother like, cool. is he calling you again? No, no. It was, it was uh, actually Isaiah that just texted me. Oh, what'd he say? We're going to be playing tonight. At uh, this open mic in Hippie, at a place called Hippie Haven. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Check. Well, th- this will be out after that. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Check yeah. us out <laughs> yeah. Yeah, tonight. I, if you're. Uh, oh, uh, sorry, I can't even talk. That was so many. If uh, you know how to time travel, <laughs> <laughs> meet us. If you know how to tra- time travel. It's December 17th. We'll be there at 8 30. Yeah. So time travel backwards to see the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I forgot what we were talking about. Um, jerking off. Yes. Masturbation. Semen retention. Semen retention. Okay, so yeah. I hate that I say jerking off. It's such a no. I like, mean, it's just like a it's a culture sh- thing. Yeah, it is. It's fr- it's where I'm from. Uh, yeah, semen retention. I, I, my buddy Austin, who's been on the podcast previously, has also talked to me not not on the podcast, but like mm-hmm. just about how uh, it's just, you're literally expelling energy into nothing, and yeah. I mean. Listen, I I'm an advocate for masturbation. Like I think that like I I do it a, a reasonable amount, yeah. and I, I think that if you're doing it every single day, then it's like excessive. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, come on, everyone's fucking been there. Like, oh and yeah, that's, and that's totally like you know. Sometimes you gotta. My buddy has a quote on his Instagram bio that is everything in moderation, including moderation. And what that means wow. to me, yeah, I love that. What that means to me is like do everything in moderation, but sometimes you got to go a little bit overboard to like go with the flow. to like to like remember like yeah. why you're doing it in moderation. A great example 100%. of that is alcohol. Like yeah. I, I had um, oh, yeah. dude like during uh bar prep, I obviously, I mean, I'm not a big drinker anyway, but during bar prep, I had like three or four uh like little parties that I went to, and at the first two of them, I just got like way too drunk, like way too drunk. And it's because, and and I know exactly why it's because I brought a bottle of tequila. And as soon as I got there, I took like four shots in a row. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fuck. Yeah. Right. But it's like, I wake up the next day. I'm like, Oh my God, I feel, first of all, I feel like shit. Second of all, like I was acting like such an asshole. So you, I I know those nights. Yeah. It's like, I know those nights. I I thought that I was so funny last night. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Yeah. So you were calling all those like lame ass jokes he told that cute girl. You're like, oh, why did I say that? Exactly. <laughs> and like, it, it, sometimes you got to go a little bit overboard with stuff to like really remember. But then it's like you know, learn that lesson and don't have to learn that lesson again because at some point it it, it stops becoming a lesson to be learned yeah. and starts just becoming like you're you're being an idiot and making mistakes. You know, totally. Yeah. Totally. So it's like everything in moderation. Um, so for all my, for all my male listeners, which I feel like honestly is just the majority of my listeners. So I actually got like a good 
20 more minutes. I just typed in the address. How so far away is it? It's 20 minutes away, and I got to be there around like 3.50. So I uh, got like a Oh, wait, oh and you got to be there. Oh, fuck yeah. Awesome. Okay, cool, 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 cool. cool. Wait, let me see if this is still going to like make a weird noise. Yeah. Ugh, it is. Maybe if I just like... Play around um, with it a little bit. But yeah, um, I'm just gonna finish off what I was talking about with semen retention. That's so funny it, that you say finish off. <laughs> the, the pun was not intended, but well received. Um, cue the post production claps, the little crowd, the crowd cheering. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyways, so it takes 20 drops of blood to create one drop of semen. Okay. And. Essentially, that's like a lot of life force and, and DNA and vitamins and minerals that's essential for your body. So I tried to be a little ritualistic with my ejaculation. Like, it's not perfect, you know, as much as my perfectionist self wants what is it that to way? be. How do, you, how do you perfect it? What, what do you mean by that? I mean, like, I still, like, like last night or this, earlier this morning, I, I ejaculated through the wet dream. Okay. Which wasn't like an intentional like bro, I'm going bro, to do this. I think that you that I think that you should jerk off. I think that you should jerk cuz dude, like I f- I don't know I'm not, I'm no expert, but I think that if you have a wet dream, that's your body screaming at you, "Yo, like I you're listen, Fateh, you're doing a great job expressing all this energy through music, but we want to jizz." So, you please jerk like your body might be like screaming at you to like, "Hey, Jerk off, goddammit. Well, that's why I have those wet dreams. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, Yeah, yeah. It's, I, well, I'd rather have the wet dream than, than jerk off. But, dude, it. But you don't have control over it if you're having a wet dream. That's like, true. If, if you have that's true. Con- like, dude, there's one thing with, okay, uh, watching porn is really, really bad for you. Yeah. I mean, do I do yeah. it sometimes? I mean, come on. Fucking, yeah, sure. I, yeah. I, I mean, porn. as far but, as like, that, what like, I'm, what I'm saying is, like, I look at porn I sometimes honestly, as well. I honestly. Um, this has been the confessional with Levi Weinstein. Um, <laughs> um it's like, uh, fuck, what the fuck was I going to say? Uh, oh yeah. Uh, honestly, and this might sound crazy, but I enjoy and feel a lot more natural if I'm thinking about like sexual escapades of the past that I've had right. instead of like going into this fantasy world of, of porn. Yeah. And a lot of guys that I know, um, I was actually talking to someone really recently about this. Like he, whenever he masturbates, he only, he always watches porn. Always, mm-hmm. always, always. And it's like when I said like, yeah, you know, like sometimes I do, but I, I more, more than likely I don't. He's like, what? Like, that's crazy. You're like, really? I'm like, yeah. And it's just like, it feels more natural. So dude, yeah. Listen, bro. I think that you, like, because you said that you don't you don't enjoy masturbating, bro. I think that you should learn to enjoy it. I think because it's like there's a, I think that there is a line that gets crossed where it becomes like an addiction and a problem. Yeah, which is but like where I stem from. Like, yeah. so a little bit about me. Sure. <laughs> I started watching pornography when I was like nine years old. Damn, that's very young. Super young. That is super like, young. Like I was honestly probably maybe even younger. How'd you like find it? Internet, bro. But did you look like, up like boobs and boobs? Yeah, <laughs> like, there was a point in my life where like, <laughs> I I was like walking around. Um, my older brother used to play football. He's like seven years older than me. So I was, I was young. He was in high school. He was playing. And I was, like, looking at the cheerleaders. I was like, wow, dude, they're cute, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, holy shit, like, I could just look up boobs on Google and something <laughs> would pop up. Nothing yeah. did. Right. It was, like, some, like, weird, like, dumbass meme about, mm-hmm. like, boobs or some shit. Mm-hmm. But, 
yeah that's kind of how it started i would look up um weird video uh movies on netflix that were like the x-rated like uncut that kind of thing yeah. and it, like showed like naked women and it was like comedy um so that was kind of like my introduction into um that sort of stuff and then um yeah, uh, when I Just was, uh, I, I, see, I see what you're saying, but then it turned into like more of like an addiction. Yeah, yeah, where it was like, like, um, you crave craving, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, and and it became like almost consuming to a sense. Like I was never like the kid that like was like watching porn in class or something like that. Like it was like reserved for like my bathroom when I was like going to go jerk right, off. Right, right. It was every day, and a lot of the times, like I would look forward to it. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm coming home from school, I'm like, oh wow, like. Time yeah. to jerk off, that yeah. kind of thing, mm-hmm. and I don't like that. Right. I don't like that. I'd rather save that energy for myself and and translate that craving towards music or yeah. towards poetry yes. or something like that. Yes. Like you're yes. saying, the creative output. Uh, see, I love that, but I still think that if you're having wet dreams, it's your body telling you, like, yo, you gotta, you gotta jerk off. You, you gotta jerk expel. Off. You, yeah, you, you gotta, gotta ejaculate. Ex- you gotta. Ex- well, it's not just like expel energy. It's like expel the sexual energy. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because I've gone like. The longest I ever went without ejaculating once was two months. Damn. Two months. That's yeah. a while. That's yeah. that's so long. That yeah. is so it long. It was intense. And like I was so hypersexual the whole time. Oh, I bet. Like and that's just your body saying, like, yeah. yo, like, come on. I mean It dude, was crazy. I, what I was saying before is like I think that there's a line that you cross when it becomes like an addiction. You know what I mean? Like, right, like th- right. there's there's literally like um support groups and stuff mm-hmm. for like porn addicts. And yeah. At that point, I mean, first of all, if you're going to that, good for you because you recognize they have a problem. Yeah. Um, that's but, the first step of solving. Yeah. The problem. Yes. Yeah. The first step of solving a problem is recognizing that there is one, and so many people are blind to it because so many people, when you cross that line, you sink so deep into the hole with that you yeah. just can't. I you can can't stop even whenever see I want. That yeah, kind of it, mentality. It, yeah. Exactly. Or just I don't have a problem. Like, ch- ch- yeah. Yeah. Um. So, um, there's a there is that line, but I think that like there is a good part of the bell curve where it's like good you know what i mean like you don't want to just like yeah. never ever jerk off but you should like you know be in touch with yourself you know what i mean and i don't yeah. think that you have a problem being in touch with yourself i mean you seem like a cool guy you seem like a, a guy with a good head on his shoulders thanks, thanks. but dude i think you should, i think you should start jerking off yeah so that's my I, first um, I'm, I'm writing you a graham radio podcast subscription jerk off jerk off yeah <laughs> uh. um so i have you ever heard of like tantra i have but i have no idea what it is okay so it's basically like uh, the yoga of sex, essentially. Whoa. Yeah. Kind of like Kama Sutra? Exactly like Kama Whoa, wait, Sutra. Wait, hold on. I have a crazy book for you. Uh, cool, cool. Yeah, I have a crazy book to show you. The Karma Sutra. Yeah. Yeah, so Karma Sutra is... I have a... a I, of, I found um, that at my grandma's house. <laughs> fuck, yeah. So Karma there Sutra... There are some is, graphic pictures in that. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Yeah. This is beautiful. Um, Karma Sutra is more so like... Wait, are you saying Karma Sutra? Or, uh, Ka- oh, oh, Kama, Kama Sutra. Sutra. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've, I said that wrong okay. up until this point. Thank you for that. Mm. Kama Sutra. Um, Kama Sutra, from my understanding, is more like f- uh, focusing on like sex positions mm-hmm. and um, the experience and the energy through those specific sex positions, if I'm, if I'm correct in my I assumption. honestly have no idea. I just like, I, I literally just have this book. Because I mean, there's just some crazy epic art in it. I need, I, I should read it. Like why yeah, not? yeah. Dude, um, dude, as some, far as some of these pictures are actually crazy, like legitimately insane. I'm, I'm looking for one picture in particular. If I find it, and then I oh yeah, here it is, dude. Look at how insane this is. 
Like, if someone has actually done this in real life, then I, I have no words because... Bro, they have. Dude. That's, that's probably how they drew it. The contemporary equivalent of an executive toy. Oh, wait. Executive? Executive toy. In Jaipur. Yeah, so this is a... Jaipur is like a... Let me see. A city in India. The contemporary equivalent of an executive toy. Jaipur. If you want to know what we're looking at, just Google the contemporary equivalent of an ex- of an executive toy, Jaipur, and comment Sutra or some shit. It's pretty epic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's freaky stuff. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Tantra is essentially like the yoga of sex. Okay. So it's alchemizing your sexual energy and raising it up sort of in your brain and your in your body. So think of like your sexual energy resonating in your sex organs and using um specific techniques to bring that energy from your sex organs up into your body. And a lot of that um is equated Wait, to what? like full body orgasms. Okay. So think of like regular orgasm is is yeah. uh for your genitals. Sure. And bringing that that feeling around your body to different places of your body Mm -hmm. and so for when i say that i don't masturbate because i don't do like little you know little thing but what i do is a little bit different i do touch myself but it's in a sense of i'm not um touching myself to reach the ejaculation and like that like boom wham bam thank you ma'am kind of thing right it's like a, a slow process to... Okay. It's more of like, like a spiritual thing. It's more of like a spiritual yeah, thing. Yeah, more of a spiritual okay, thing. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I, I just feel like people can take things a little bit too far, um, but that's totally fine. Dude, we've been going for an hour 45. Cool. Podcasts are fun, right? Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Dude, right? It's like so many people come through and they're like, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to talk about? And they get all nervous. And I just tell them like... I yeah. Like, I, that's kind of what I was like. I was yeah. like, you know, I told you that like, this is my first podcast I've ever done. So I was kind of mm-hmm. like all right like it's what, literally just a conversation about? like dude th- a lot of times things are so much simpler than you think they are like yeah. I, I remember the first time i ever kissed a girl um her name is uh her name was megan shout out to megan shout out to megan and i'm not gonna say her last name <laughs> and um the way that it happened like everything that led up to it was i was quote unquote flirting with her mm-hmm. like i was just flirting with her and like people were around why, me why do you say quote unquote well i'm about to st- i'm about to explain. okay okay so, um, th- like the people, uh, I know that I was flirting with her because the people around me, when I was just like talking to her, like later on, the, like my friends were like, oh, you were totally flirting with Megan. I was like, I was like, I guess. like what? <laughs> and it's like, I kind of came to the conclusion at a young age, like flirting is just having like a cool conversation with someone new, like, mm-hmm. like with a, with like a new girl who you're like attracted to, Yeah, you know, it's a form of intimacy. It is a form. Yeah, it is. It totally is, man. Like, And that was like my first. And then like later that day, we like had like our first little kid. It was cute. You know what I mean? Yeah. How but, old were you? Um, 20. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 no, I was. Uh, 24. I was 14. Okay. Yeah, I was 14. And it was cute. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it was cute. But yeah, it's like. Florida, it was just so much more simple than I thought it was because I thought, I mean, you see flirting in movies like, hey, are you an angel because you fell from heaven? Did, did, did it hurt? You know, like, or some, you say some shit. Are you from and Tennessee? Obviously, there, because you're the only ten. I, hey, whoa. And I always thought that it was like, oh, you have to be like so sly and smooth and this yeah. and that. Yeah. But it's like, it's not. It's just 
connecting with a chick who you think is attractive and she thinks that you're attractive and then you kind of let the conversation flow or a guy you can you can yeah yeah or or whatever and it's their own exactly and it's like it's so much more simple than you thought it was and Mm -hmm. it's like the more simple something is the better and that goes back to economy of words and economy of notes economy of life oh i just had a wet dream but (laughs) wait dude yes literally economy of life like make things more simple but direct them how you want them to be wow you know i'm yeah i've been i've been doing that a lot in my own life like in terms of the band and stuff like i recognized um through pedro shout out to pedro our our drummer okay he uh he was he was riffing to me and the basically what i got from that was like yeah, you can put 110% into something. But you can it's so easy to put 110% into something and focus that in the wrong direction. You know, so you're just doing so much legwork and you're not reaping the benefits of that rather than doing 75 or 50, you know, or, or you know, a little bit less and really hone in on that direction. Yeah. You know, kind of I think like I, I, is, I also less think that like the percentages that we're talking about here is also steps. So, mm-hmm. like, if you go, like, 100% in something and you go, like, step one, step two, step three, step four, step five, like, maybe you should, like, just do step one and then take a broader look and then see what direction you should step in. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, and then sorry, and then before you hit, like, 90%, like, maybe, te- or when you're about to hit 90%, yeah. maybe take a, st- a few steps back and look at, or turn around and, God, did you hear that? Yeah, it's doing it again. Ah, but that, that one's different. That's uh, I'm I'm getting a new one of these pretty soon. Is that what that is? The, uh, the sound? Yeah. Is it gone? No, it's still there. Oh, that hurts my soul that, that, that that's happening. Yeah. Oh, I think it's this one. Okay. It's gone. So yeah, I'm, I'm, dude, I'm getting new like XLR yeah, cables. Yeah, I think it's also shit. um like having so many wires all like kind of around each other. At least that's what it's like with the music. Really? Like when there's so many wires around. It kind of like gets that little like weird feedback kind of mm-hmm, thing, mm-hmm. and um, shout out to Isaiah for being totally oblivious to that because <laughs> it, it it hurts. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like he'll do this thing where like usually people turn off their amp before they plug in or a plug oh, out. Oh yeah, you, ha- you, you have know? to. Yeah, because it might blow the fucking speaker. Yeah. He doesn't care. <laughs> doesn't care. Does he just he hasn't blown out? a speaker yet. Okay. Sorry, it was a little loud. He hasn't blown a speaker yet. Every time it, it just like it hurts. I'm like, bro, stop, please. Yeah. Like, um, even the other night, like on on Saturday when we did the thing, yeah. I, w- I was telling people, I was like, look, don't put the mic in front of the speaker of the big monitor. Don't do it. It's gonna feedback and it's gonna sound horrible. I told a uh, few people that at the beginning of the show. They didn't listen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that fucking nasty feedback. <laughs> if it's harmonic feedback like, from a guitar and it's like some Jimi yeah. Hendrix shit fuck yeah i mean that's different yeah it because it's intentional mm-hmm. but when it's like oh i don't really know what i'm doing and it's that ah, i'm like yeah oh. every time i was like you fucking kidding me man like terrible come on mm-hmm. i told you guys exactly just listen that was a fun, that was a fun little show pa- it was. Pa- pasta and pita had you met them before or like do you know who um i've only met them for the show okay like i kind of i got you they came out um we re- we did kind of like a, a soft open op- like open mic kind of thing were they there for that yeah, they were, cool. they were there for that, and they did, did their little stand-up stuff, which is kind of funny because they talk 
a lot about masturbation. Oh my god, dude, I'm so happy that you said that, bro. It's like <laughs> so much, and bro, it's not just them. Uh, so it's I, everybody, I've been, I've been to uh three or four open mics over mm-hmm. the last. Like, I'm not a stand up comic, but I can do stand up comedy. Like, I, I, okay. ha- I have jokes. You you got um, like a little a little stuff in your backseat, so to speak. Like yeah, like if I'm at a if I'm at an open mic, you bet your ass I'm getting up. I mean, obviously okay. the other night was different because I was DJ. I was getting paid to DJ. Right, but it's like. I, nice. um, uh, like, uh, other nights, if Which, I go... by the way, bro, your song selection? Thank you, bro. Fire. Thank you. Fire. Yeah, man. Dude, there's a lot of stuff that is just so likable by people. Like, have you ever heard of Flamingosis? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Dude, so good. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, me and my buddy Jerry went and saw them. Uh, they were opening for another band called The Midnight, and we just okay. went for Flamingosis, and we left when The Midnight started. <laughs> like, cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, dude, Flamingos is so good. But also the Midnight's really good. I, I kind of got into them a little bit I after. hear that. I hear yeah. that. So you're so, saying um, with masturbation and stand-up comedy. Oh, my God. Okay. It's like I've noticed this at previous open mics mm-hmm. that so many stand-up comic dudes, all they talk about is jerking off and yeah. watching porn and like and similar related jokes. Mm-hmm. And you know where it really stood out hmm. that night? Where the entire audience was twenty-something-year-old girls, and none of them thought that any of it was funny. No. Yeah, it's like, dude, have different material. Yeah. Like, I don't I, read like, the room. Like, yeah, ex- read the room. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with like a joke if it's funny. Yeah. But it's like have other things in your arsenal, which is the word that we we're talking about. Yeah, earlier. yeah. <laughs> Bringing it back. Bringing it back. And it's like it, it was a fun night, but it's like. If you're a fucking 35-year-old chunky dude <laughs> with facial hair and you're doing stand-up comedy for a bunch of 22-year-old girls, don't talk about your porn addiction, bro. Fucking talk about something different. Like, yeah. for real. T- and, dude, I don't know if you remember, uh, one of the comics was this dude with, like, long hair, kind of tall, wearing jeans. He was actually he had, like, a hat, funny. right? He had, he had a, a hat. Dude, the first two minutes or three minutes he was so funny making yeah. everyone in the room laugh, absolutely crushing it. And then... Guess what he started to talk about? Sex. Yeah. And none of it was received well by the audience. No. Like no. none of it. Yeah. It was He like, singled me out too. I was like, really? Yeah. I was like, yo, this is kind of awkward, bro. He was like, yo, you're looking at me kind of crazy. Or he said something to that effect. I, I actually, I remember someone sing, singling you out, but I don't remember yeah. who it was. But okay. I think it, I'm pretty sure it was him. If we're talking about the same dude, because okay. I thought he was really funny, and I was like, I don't know, man. I'm I'm a pretty intimate and intense person at times. Yeah. So like, I was really like. I, I mean, dude, if you're him. on stage with a mic talking, I'm going to be looking at you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so, whatever. Dude, uh, at, at one point, and uh, Dano, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry, but I'm about to shit on you a little bit here. Um, <laughs> Who's dude, that? Uh, Jordan, he's half of pasta and pita. He's, okay. the, he's the pasta side. Um, uh, skinny white dude. Skinny white dude. Wearing baggy jeans, ripped. He, um, he Small head. The more attractive one. The more attractive one? I, I mean, In my opinion. I, I, was I, he wearing a hat? I think he was wearing a hat. Uh, yeah, he was. I think he was wearing a pasta pita hat. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and he was wearing like a like his outfit was pretty gangster. He was wearing like a white denim yeah. jacket. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, cool dude, very cool dude. Um, he was doing stand up and literally singling out this like Asian girl and just talking about how she's good at math. It's like, oh, it's like if you're gonna say that, okay, but make it funny make and different. It funny. There's yeah. there's a whole uh, I, there's there's a big idea in marketing mm-hmm. about uh, better is good. But different is better. So and it's better. Yeah, yeah. Different is better than better. Thank you. Gotcha. And it's like 
that's so real. I mean, if, if you have like a good joke, that's great. But if you have a different joke that people haven't heard before, then, then that's like really, really, really good. Like if you're talking about a stereotype, like Asians being good at math, then make it like Asians are so good at math and then somehow relate it to like, I don't know, um, an rock anec- climbing or something. Like I don't an know. Anecdote or an anecdote. Yeah, something. sure. Dude, by the way, do you know why Asians are, are so good at math? I've been reading about this. Um, it's a real thing. Like it's a real, like legit thing. I'll, I'll explain it to you. Okay. So it's because of how the words sound in English. We say yeah. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's fine. That's not hard at all. But right. then we say eleven. What the fuck is eleven? Because you say twenty-one, thirty-one, one hundred and one. Right. Where does eleven come from? Twelve. And then you say thirteen. What yeah. is what is th- what's thir? Like how why why is it not thirteen? And then 14, okay. But then 15. What's yeah. fifth? What like it should, shouldn't it be 15? It makes no it makes zero sense. Right. In um in the East, in China and in Korea and in Japan, mm-hmm. the way that it is translated is is 10 and 1. Okay. 10 and 2, 10 and 3. Their language is more inclusive of, and then of the numbers. For, tw- for the 20s, it's um, two tens and one, or it might be switched. It might be one and two. Yeah, that's what that's what okay, it is. Okay, one and so two. So eleven tens. is ten and one. Twelve is uh two and one. Two and one. Fifty nine is nine and five tens. So in oh. in English, if I were to say what is twenty seven plus thirty two, yeah. right? You, in your mind, you would be like, okay. Um, we're going to separate the 20 and the 30 and make that 50. And we're going to separate the seven and the two, make that nine, add that together. That's 59. Right. Right. But in, in Mandarin, it's literally, uh, seven and five tens plus two and three tens. So the, the, the addition is literally in the sentence. Like you don't have to take that extra step to separate anything because so it's like, already all separated, okay. which just makes it literally easier for them to calculate. Like mm. when uh, in, in America, ch- uh, children under the age of f- five or maybe four. Yeah, yeah. Children that are four years old in America on average can count to 15. In China, on average, they can count to 40. So mm. by the time they're five, the Chinese children are already a year ahead of the American children. Okay. Very, very crazy stuff. All because of the language. All because of the language. All because of the language. And also, I think a lot of it has to do with their work ethic, too. Yeah. Especially a ton like, of it has to do with work ethic. And specifically dude, for like Japan. Like dude, you want to know what has crazy. to do with their work ethic? Hmm. Rice patties. So and I'm, let me explain this to you. Mm-hmm. So all over the world, wherever you plant, most of the time, what you're going to be planting is like wheat or corn or fruits, whatever. And with that type of stuff... You dig, you plant some soil, dig, you put a seed in the ground, you water it, don't really worry about it too much, then you you harvest it, whatever. Right. With a rice paddy, you have to make sure that the ground is perfectly level. Like, they literally build these landscapes mm-hmm. out of the sides of mountains that are that yeah. look like big, gigantic That's, stairs. It's called tilling, right? Or is it? Is I don't know what it's called. I honestly don't know what it's called. But they need to we make need a sure. Need to check. The, yeah, they need. Oh, paleontologist. Paleontology. Wait, wait, yeah, yeah. Hold on. I think that's to do with um more dinosaur bones and stuff like that. 
like or like kind of archaeology because like the paleolithic period in time is like yeah you're right yeah yeah okay. paleontology the branch of science concerned with fossil animals and plants. Cool. okay yeah cool, cool cool yeah that's the word that i was thinking of but you were right with geology like a geologist okay. is i guess the study of rocks yeah so um rice patties these plains have to be perfectly level 180 degrees just a like a perfect straight line Mm -hmm. because of the way that they flood it it needs to have just the right amount of water not too much because then you'll flood it and lose a lot of the yield not too little because you'll lose a lot of the yield it needs to be just right Mm -hmm. and you need to get that just right with the weather and then when you're growing the rice patties you have to make sure that all of the insects and shrubs are off of it and the way that you do that is by wiping it off now the thing is like if your plane isn't exactly 180 you'll still get a yield if you flood it a little bit too much or a little bit too little you'll still get a yield Mm -hmm. if you don't wipe off all the crap you'll still get a yield but there's a direct correlation between how much you work on it and how much yield you get right yeah the more work you put in the better the results and china has been farming rice patties for thousands of years thousands thousands of years yeah and the people who are the most successful tend to thrive the people who work the hardest tend to thrive dude to properly cultivate a rice paddy in China, 3,000 hours of work a year. Wow. 3,000. 3,000 hours of work a year to, like, for, like, the the greatest, like, for the greatest patties. Yeah. Yeah. So, dude, that that's what goes into their work ethic. Like, that is ingrained in their system. So, they, like, that combined with just the fact that they're, number system is superior to ours mm-hmm. shows that it's like it's like they're th- that's why like that that's where the these like stereotypes uh come from you know what i mean like obviously a stereotype a stereotype is literally like what's the definition of a stereotype i think it's like a generalization of like a race's characteristics a like widely held it, this is what a stereotype mm-hmm. A widely held but fixed and oversimplified image or idea of a particular type of person or thing. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. So, it is 3.27. Yeah, it's about that time. It's about that time. Um, This has been a lot of fun. We actually just hit two hours, which is great. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, I wanted to um, finish my answer on where I see the great adventure in the next five to ten years. Yeah. And it's basically just being able to express ourselves, you know, being able to go to different parts of the world and be received by people. Because uh, really my ultimate goal in life is to, or of my ultimate goals in life, is just to travel and spread my music and spread the love, you know, like really like just love across the globe. Because I feel like that's what the world needs the most at the end of the day is just love, you know, because people are... Gen- generally so closed off like when you first meet someone you're like you put on that mask of like okay this is the best version of myself or this is the version of myself that I feel like would play best off of this person you know and that's bullshit that's bullshit like all we really need to be is our true authentic self mm-hmm. and everything works out there's some people that won't receive us and that's okay you know but just spread the love that's awesome so before we go, anyone that you want to give a shout out to? Uh, I want to give a shout out to my mom. Miss Weinstein. 
Miss Weinstein, mm-hmm. Jiwon. Um, yeah, she's a shit. Wait, Jiwon? Yeah, it's, that's her spiritual name. It's cool. uh, means the Princess of Light. Whoa, yeah. I gotta get your mom on the pod. <laughs> yeah, dude, she'll she'll riff on some yoga for hours. She's oh, been like a sweet. teacher, Kundalini yoga teacher for the last like twenty years. I love it. All right, well, dude, thank you for coming. Shout out on. to mom. Bye, friends. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. It was a great time sitting there and talking with Fateh. Check out Graham Radio for everything music. Hit up Michael Germano for all of your graphic design needs. The promo code for Harry Blues Gin is GRP. Listen to the post-game mixes. Jeez, I'm saying a lot of weird little advertising clips here. I feel like there's got to be a better way to do this. Um, All right, cool. I'll brainstorm that. I love you. Peace.